This is worldradiogardening.com. Hi, it's Theo. Today I'm at Sculpture by the Lakes. It's a fantastic sculpture park based near Dorchester in Dorset. I'm joined by the owners, who are Simon and Monique Gudgeon, and we're going to talk about uh, the history of Sculpture by the Lakes today. This sculpture park has very much been a labour of love. Tell us about a little more about it since you took over in 2007. What did it look like before, and what's the progression been? When we moved here, it was a fishery, and... Um, most of it was actually just mown grass and very few trees and very very little garden as such and uh, we moved here and immediately stopped mowing all the grass and left the paths so it actually encouraged more wildlife and Monique obviously being a very keen gardener um, started planting as well and when we first moved here we had no intention of really building a sculpture park Um, this was this place came up on a google search we were looking for a house uh, with an acre or two and an outbuilding and in our budget everything was the other side of Exeter and we saw this and it was double our budget um, but then we looked closely and it had this fishery business so we thought the fishery could give us a much bigger mortgage so we took out a huge mortgage as first time buyers in 2007 and bought it <laughs> um, and I had a couple of big pieces of sculpture in storage and we took those out and put those around the lakes and then I made another one and put those around the lakes and after a while, we sort of looked at each other and thought, oh, yeah, perfect for a sculpture park. And that was the, the start of the dream. <laughs> and we, we started building it primarily or initially as somewhere where clients could come and see sculpture outdoors because sculpture, a large sculpture in a gallery is out of scale, it's out of context, and it's actually very daunting if you can place it into a landscape so the landscape and the sculpture merge, they each enhance each other it becomes, it's much easier for people to understand how they can work and how they can actually uplift the spirits and enhance the environment. And so we started doing that, um, but then obviously every little area we started developing and planting, it needed more maintenance, and so our labour costs went up, and so we thought we're going to have to open to the public. And so we set ourselves a date of the 4th of June 2011, so it's nearly 10 years now, um, and the first two weeks we decided to open in aid of Help for Heroes, and just weren't sure what was going to happen. We weren't sure if people were going to turn up, if they were going to come and enjoy what they did. And we thought, you know, we did a lot of marketing and we thought it would start busy and then get quieter. And it didn't. It went in the other direction. It started busy and got busier and busier. And it was an amazing response. And that's when we thought, right, the sculpture park is the way forward. And you are a sculptor by trade, aren't you? So... Tell me a bit more about the the sculptures that are here in the sculpture park amongst all this greenery. I think there's about 30 of them, isn't there? Um, Probably 40 now, yeah. Um, They're they're all very different, and actually having a sculpture park, or as a sculptor, having your own sculpture park is is amazing because, as I said before, if I made a big sculpture previously, I made it, finished it at the foundry, and then it went into storage, and you never really saw it again here. I can see them every day. I can also actually um, create sculptures specifically for here, which is what I tend to do for Mm. areas. So it means I have a much more diverse practice. Um, I don't stick with one particular genre. I mean, I started off doing wildlife sculptures, um, but now I do figurative, abstract, kinetic, anything I feel that will really work here, I'll create it for here. Fabulous. Um, Now, we are sat at the pavilion, um, and we're on a pontoon... um, just in the lake um, so we're kind of bouncing up and down here we've got the, the sound of the, the trees in the wind um, 
and we can see all the all the wildlife around us, um, including um, a lot of trees. I see. Um, now, in this time of climate crisis, uh, we're being encouraged to plant more trees. Um, you've planted thousands of trees and shrubs over the years, um, including 500 silver birch trees. Now, what is it that um, made you decide to choose the silver birch? Uh, well, um, I love trees, as you can probably tell. And um, I any tree, to plant any tree, uh, I think I read somewhere that to plant a tree... Uh, you have to be an optimist because uh, most of the time you'll never see it at its most sort of mature and beautiful. So I must be highly optimistic. I've planted so many. But silver birch, I've always loved silver birch. I, they're such elegant trees. The bark in winter is gorgeous because it's a lovely sort of stark silvery grey. And sometimes they're quite variable. Sometimes you'll get sort of dashes of pink or orange. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're beautiful in the winter, they're graceful in summer, and also they have a, they're one of the most important wildlife species. Now everyone knows that an oak tree can um, uh, support five or six hundred different species, so that's from the tiniest little sort of microscopic beetle down, or right up to owls that nest in them, etc, etc. But silver birch are actually second to oak trees. They support up to 400 different species. So they're important for wildlife. They're beautiful trees. And what actually tempted me to um, plant, or for us to plant, the silver birch wood was seeing um, oh, a few years ago, Monty Don, the nation's favourite gardener, <laughs> um, did a series called 80 gardens 80 best gardens around the world and there was this amazing american garden where they had planted white stem birch in uh, a meadow and they were all identical and very beautiful and all completely upright and i loved the effect but actually what we've got here is a much more natural uh, feel so they're not they are lovely variable silver birch and some are big some are small it's it's much more kind it's not so obviously man-made and uh, we had a russian visitor come a few years ago and as she walked through the silver birch she got very emotional and said i always feel i'm at home because <laughs> it's that silver birch woods are very much a sort of northern european uh feature in uh in their landscape that and sort of conifer but that silver birch particularly and uh, yes, she absolutely loved it. But we love it because it's always full of wildlife. It's always full of sound. And the light changes during the year. Sometimes you'll get, you know, on a summer day, you get that lovely dappled um, sunshine uh, coming through the leaves. And in winter, when there's a mist, all you can see are just these wonderful ghostly uh, uh, trunks. So yeah beautiful trees and what are the trees we're hearing at the moment by us oh okay you've got around us we can see the wonderful shimmering shifting leaves of the uh, European aspen uh, which is a close relative to the North American aspen um, and uh, it's known oh, sometimes as mountain ash it's not an ash at all but yeah it's lovely aspens and what else have we got? We've got a field maple just in front of us, which is just starting to turn a lovely yellowy colour. 
silver birch, of course, and that's actually no, that's not. Yes, it is a silver birch. We have lots of different types of birch. Uh, that's a silver birch. We also have a river birch, and we've got a weeping willow behind you, and we have the wonderful beautifully named Taxodium disticum, um, otherwise known as the swamp cypress, which is a deciduous conifer. Um, and uh, we've got a few of those around the, um, around the lakes. Uh, there are North American species. But yes, the leaves that you can hear, the rustling, that's mostly the, uh, the aspens. And the way that their leaves sort of twist in the wind, um, I think they call them... There's a name, something like the shaking aspen or something like the mm. shivering aspen. And then tell me a bit more about your role at Sculpture by the Lakes in Dorset. Um, I suppose you could call me the head gardener, owner head gardener, and um, which uh, yes, covers a multitude of sins. So the gardens team, we have uh, three full-time gardeners and we have three part-time gardeners and I put myself in the part-time gardener category because invariably I have to spend time at the computer Mm. and um, dashing about so not as much time as I would like uh, actually doing Uh, but I'm I'm sort of the overall director of operations in the garden. And a question for both of you Um, this is a a very expansive sculpture park Um, what is your personal favourite part of Sculpture by the Lakes? Oh, oh. <laughs> depends what time of day it is, what time of year it is. Six yeah. o'clock, it's the island with a bottle of wine. Um, but in summer, in the summer, <laughs> in the summer, or summer's evenings as they watch the sun go down. Yeah, it's so difficult to say. I love the view that we have from our house down the garden. Because of course, you live on site, don't you? Yes, yeah. mm. uh, because in the evening you get the most wonderful light that sort of filters through, and you get sort of highlights on trees. But I love the silver birch wood. And, yeah, it does, as Simon says, it depends on time of year, really. Each, each bit, it just changes so quickly mm. as the seasons change and the time of day and the weather conditions. And that's the, the wonderful thing about an outdoor sculpture park is actually the, the sculptures themselves become an out, ever-changing event, um, depending on what the light is like. And in summer, obviously, there's sort of a very verdant green background. In winter, it gets more sort of a brown background. So everything changes. It's... it's it's wonderful to come and it's wonderful for us to see it every day. I mean, we walk around here twice a day, every day. Um, but for visitors as well, so many people say, "Oh, we just get we'll come on a sunny day." But I say to them, "Don't come when it's pouring with rain. It's wonderful. It's different, and you'll see it differently as well and experience mm. it differently." Excellent. Now, uh, when is Sculpture by the Lakes open at the moment? How can uh, potential visitors find more about? The, uh, at the moment, um, for winter, we open Tuesday to Saturday, 10 o'clock until 5 o'clock. Um, the best place to go is to our website, www.sculpturebythelakes.co.uk, and we're operating an online ticket booking system. Um, so you can go onto the website, book your tickets for whichever day you want to turn up, and then just turn up and enjoy it.